Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Today is special. Today is a bonus episode. Uh, if you don't know, we recently crossed a thousand episodes, and to celebrate, I wanted to sit down and talk with uh, the voice of the show for nearly the first 400 episodes, Kurt Linville. Uh, Travis Parsons was also a host at the time, but towards the end of their time doing the show, Kurt was mostly the host. And so I, you know, if you don't know the story, basically I was a guest on the Adventure Sports Podcast back in like the mid 200s. And I remember on the show, it was just, it was my first time being on a podcast, just an incredible experience. I'm so thankful for that opportunity from Kurt and Travis. I was on again about a year later and I remember just thinking, you know what, I'd like to try my hand at hosting this podcasting thing. I'm just getting into it. It's really cool. As a listener, that is. And I offered, I was like, hey, you know, if you ever need help, just let me know. I happened to live near Curtin Travis in the Denver area. And uh, we met up and and, uh, got to know each other a little bit. And about a month later, I heard back from Curtin. He's like, you know what? We're looking to change our life. We're looking to do something different. And uh, I think it might be time to move on from the show. And it would be great if you could take it over. And they sold me the show, gave me a heck of a deal, trained me, taught me everything they knew. I could not have done it without them. Like I, I just didn't know enough, didn't know how to get started. It was still kind of still the early days of podcasting back in 2018. That's only, you know, five, six years ago. But it wasn't as like podcasting wasn't as big as it was even now. So and this isn't, you know, a typical episode. I'm not necessarily interviewing Kurt. We're just chatting. And when I edited this and re-listened, I, I realized I talked a lot more than I would normally. So I'm very self-conscious about that. So I, I ended up talking way too much, in my opinion. Didn't ask Kurt enough questions. So I have to have him back on. Maybe, maybe before the next thousand episodes. Um, hopefully sooner than that. But you'll, you'll, if you're a frequent listener of the show, you'll recognize Kurt's voice because he's usually the voice on our replay episodes on Thursday. A lot of times we throw it back a handful of years to when he was the host. And he, he's just such a great interviewer, such a great commentator. Uh, he, he's way better than I am. And, uh, a lot of people still comment on how much they enjoy those replay episodes, uh, with Kurt's voice. Cause he's, he stays on track. I get distracted. I ramble and, uh, like I'm doing now, but Kurt, Kurt's a professional through and through. So, uh, it was great having him on so fun to reflect on this milestone of a thousand episodes and, uh, yeah, enjoy the extra content. It's a little different if you're a frequent listener, like I said, so, uh, we'll be coming back with you with, uh, with a replay episode, probably one of his, uh, on Thursday. All right, here we go. Kurt Linville, longtime host of ASP, and oh man, we go back, don't we? What a what a cool story! You got you you and Travis got this thing started. You did the first like five hundred interviews and episodes, and y'all really built this foundation and handed it over essentially to this punk kid that didn't know anything about anything and uh yeah man excited to have you back on how are you doing mason it is so cool to get to talk with you again um we, i know we stay in touch a little bit but yeah. it's always it's always really fun to get to revisit all the things that you have done with the adventure sports podcast you know we planted some seeds and you've been working the farm Y'all planted a lot of seeds, honestly. It was, oh man, I, I you know, it, it's so hard to start a podcast. It's so hard to get traction. Y'all just had a lot of foresight to to jump in, start start this thing, really build up, you know, 180 tack and, and, and push, you know, your, your grill and everything you were doing there. But yeah, I, I've tried to do it since with two other shows. And it, I tell you, it's really hard to get that, get it started. Y'all, y'all did the hard work, in my opinion. I've been in, I've been enjoying the fruit of y'all's labor more than anything. <laughs> but uh well, but man. But yeah. but 1000 episodes? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. I know a thousand episodes. Who thought who would ever thought we'd get this far? What did you have in mind when you started? Did you did you know how far you wanted to take it? Or was it just like, "Hey, let's see where this goes." It was a, "Hey, let's see where this goes." But you know what happened, Mason? I began to realize that the Adventure Sports Podcast had the potential to help people. 
And as soon as, you know, the the reputation of the podcast got out there just a little bit, suddenly there were so many people that had important things to share and uh, stories to tell and not just self-promotion, although there's some of that, I, I don't see a problem with that. But there's a lot of people that share stuff that has potential to help so many other people. And I started seeing the Adventure Sports Podcast as a community where people are helping each other. And I thought, you know what? If we're doing this thing and even just one person gets up off the couch and, and finds a passion and becomes healthy, then, you know, that's viral. That person's kids are going to be healthier and their kids are going to be healthier. And for generations, People are, are going to be not just physically healthier because they're moving around more, but I believe that it helps the spirit and the soul and the, the emotions, you know, to go out and challenge yourself and be active and connect with nature and and uh, to learn how to be healthy, you know, be challenged a little bit. And when I started seeing that the Adventure Sports Podcast could be a vehicle to promote those things, I didn't want it to go away. And yeah. that's why I contacted you. We, we know it's achieved that. At least, like, if your goal was for one person, we we know for sure it's achieved that. I mean, us. It did for me, so yeah, there I was you go. Say, you're the one person at the very least, um, but we know it's helped so many people. We hear from people all the time. It's really humbling to to hear. You, you know, I don't know about you, man, but we, you know, when I when I produce the show, it's all screens. It's all you know, me in a room in this little closet that I'm in, the studio, and you almost forget the part that people actually listen to this. You don't just like click some buttons and send it out there and see some numbers on a screen. It's like, those are people consuming this on their commutes at home while they're doing dishes, while they're cooking dinner, while they're out for a walk with their dog, or if they're out on an adventure. Sometimes I forget that until I get an email or get a DM or hear someone who's decides to reach out because the story was impacted. I don't know. Did you ever sense that? Oh yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, here we are talking to thousands and thousands of people, but to me, it feels like I'm talking to Mason. Yeah. And that that's what podcasting is. It's kind of unique in that regard. You don't have an audience in front of you where you see the thousands of people, you know? And so it's easy to kind of get that tunnel vision and forget that this is a, a broad community. There are a lot of people out there listening that could benefit. And I have to remind myself because, you know, it does. Just like you said, it turns into... All right, I'm I'm editing files, I'm uploading files, I'm posting files, I'm scheduling files, I'm interviewing one person at a time, you know. Um, but then the realization that there's there's more to it than that, that's humbling. It's like, wow, really? It is. And that's why I wanted to do it, and that's why I was so glad that you took the helm. Cool, cool stat. Just as of like a few days ago, we crossed eight million downloads. Wow. <laughs> eight million downloads. Yeah. Congratulations, Mason. That's that's cool. That's fantastic. Eight million. Pretty sweet. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It's impacted all over the world and got to talk to some amazing folks, man. A thousand episodes. This is wild. And uh, you know, the show's changed. The show has evolved. The show has, you know, the hosts evolve, obviously. You know, you were so changed by the show and the stories you were hearing oh, yeah. that you that was one of the big reasons you handed it over. But even personally, I, I feel like the show is almost I, I often call it like its nickname is the Adventure Stories podcast. Because people aren't coming sure. to this show for like the how to, like how to, you know, what is the best boot, what is the best ski poles or anything. It's it's not gear review, which there's a ton of. It's not, you know, how do I get ready for a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. It's really inspire me while I sit at my desk and work or while I'm driving my kids to school or whatever it is. It's really meant to get the mind going and get people off the couch to do whatever that adventure is. And that's why we try to feature a lot of quirky and unique and just out of the box ideas because it gives you that freedom to do that yourself. And man, the stories you hear from people just trying their own thing has been awesome. That's my favorite kind of stories. Honestly. Oh, yeah. What I like about the Adventure Sports Podcast in that regard is the great variety of adventures that there are. There are a lot of podcasts that are about one sport, and I get that. It makes sense. Yeah. But I think that when people hear a variety of things, they're like, wow, maybe that's the one I should go try. Mm -hmm. 
I yeah, I, I haven't had I haven't tried all the sports that we've talked about. You know, I want to, but there's a lot of them that's like, oh man, if I ever get the chance to try that, I'd love to try it. Yeah, the variety does help help you realize there's more out there than you might think to do. We we've had we've had some that I mean just you know would blow your mind. I mean, there's the big buckets that I often talk about, like the through hiking, the the mountain biking or the bike packing. Uh, there's you know the, the the day trips and the camping, but there's so much more, and those are great if you spend your whole life doing those. What was what what would you say is one of the lasting effects the podcast has had on you since moving on from the show? Like, what's the, something that's like, wow, that that's still that's still with me. You know, Mason, I I think I got a little bit of insight into what life can be like for people who are looking for the alternative to the corporate America eight to five grind. There's so many people out there who have said, you know, it is a free country and we really can try other lifestyles and other ways of doing things. And interviewing so many people that have accomplished so much in their given field, but there seems to be an undercurrent of helping others. And these are these are good people. I mean, you've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of adventurers now, and you can always tell these are good people. And they're out there helping each other, discovering, you know, needs and meeting needs on the trails or wherever they are and looking out for each other. I, it's not just about adventure. It's about the the human element, you know, how you can make decisions. I mean, one of the things that I was going to mention about this, you know, I love the variety of all the different adventure sports because people have different opportunities. And I don't mean financially. I mean, where they live, what, what does nature have to offer? What can be done? I mean, I'm in Colorado, so I'm landlocked. And scuba diving is kind of hard to do here. I used to scuba dive quite a bit. You're in Florida. You could scuba dive all the time if you wanted to. You <laughs> yeah, know? I think y'all have the highest scuba divers per capita of any state, Colorado. Have you heard of that before? <laughs> you know, I've heard something like yeah. that, and I don't know the validity of it, but it's because everyone's trying to get away from the cold and have a warm vacation. <laughs> but you could go scuba diving two or three times a week if you wanted to. You know that I could go once a year maybe. Yeah. But the point of that is, you know, I can I can downhill ski or backcountry ski every day. Yeah. You know, during the winter time, and that's a little bit of a far reach for you. So, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say is that by doing a variety of sports, I think anybody anywhere can find something that works where they are. And I guess that is part B of my answer to your question is that I began to realize that being active is important. You know, I loved adventure sports before we started the Adventure Sports Podcast. That's why we did it. I mean, I, adventure was what it was all about for me. But after interviewing so many people, meeting so many great people, I, I was kind of like, no, there's, there's something important about this. I mean, a, a few generations ago, most people worked on the farms and it was physical labor and they were busy and they were hardworking and they stayed healthy because of that. And then we got into a lifestyle that can be very sedentary. We yeah. need an excuse to get out there and to move. And it's not just to get exercise, right? There is that. But it's so much more that movement and exertion and challenges benefit the whole person, the whole being, you know? And I think I learned that from the Adventure Sports Podcast, and that stuck with me. It's not, it's not about just having fun, although fun's important. It's, it's about much more than that. So much comes along with adventure that, that, you know, you hear a lot of the same themes from guests that have learned a lot of the same lessons, like the world's a better place than they realize, uh, you know, a sedentary lifestyle. Like I had to do something to, to, to stir myself up. Um, and talking about a lasting legacy of what the podcast has had on you, was there one episode or was there, was there a few that re really stick with you now? Like even years later, you're like that, that conversation in particular was really, really impactful. There are actually several and, you know, from time to time, the memories drift into my, my mind when it's appropriate for the situation. You know what I mean? 
I'm like, oh yeah, that gal, man, you know what she figured out would help me right now. Or, you know, that the way that that guy approached life, I should, I should do more of that. You know what I mean? Um, to name just one, I always like Chris Warner. Um, and I'm not saying that's just one, but he led 8,000 meter climbs all over the world and one of the most upbeat, positive people you'd ever want to meet. And, uh, you know, we're talking about maybe, maybe a few people, their lives improved because they found an adventure sport. He saved scores of lives, probably, in his guiding because he wasn't the one that was going to sacrifice people to get to the top. He was the one that was going to help people to achieve their dreams safely and make sure that everybody won. And uh, his approach to life and helping others and promoting what is good, you know, and he wasn't shy about calling out people that were messing things up either. And I I don't know. If you want to go back and listen to a couple of interviews, his interviews are, they left a, a long impact on me. John awesome. Fielder did too. Absolutely, John Fielder did too. Yeah, the, the I see Chris Warner episode one eighty, mountaineering and leadership, and then yep. episode three hundred seven, climbing K two. So it looks like those are the two episodes you had him on. Um, wow, I will have to go back and listen. I know we've I know we've revisited those at least one of them, and yeah, uh, I have to go listen to that because I, I the the second part of that leadership. It's got to be great. Awesome. Man, that's so cool. That is so neat. So was there anybody you wish you would have interviewed before handing it <laughs> over? Or or I'll say this, if you could go back and just do like, all right, I'm doing one interview. Is there somebody that's like, that is the person I'd want? Because I was recently asked this and I'm like, I'll be honest. I don't know. Maybe if it if it was, if I did have time to think about it, it wouldn't be who people think I I believe it would be yeah. somebody that I personally look up to that hardly anyone knows or somebody in a different world. You know what I mean? Not necessarily adventure sports. I'm going to start with a cop out, which is <laughs> I would like to have interviewed everybody. I didn't meaning everyone has something to share. <laughs> you know, everyone has something I can learn from. I believe Mason that there's not a person on this planet who can't teach me something valuable. And I don't mean that to sound selfish, but I, I value people and what they know and what they've learned in their lives. And if you take time to kind of explore that with people, wow, it's amazing what you, what you can learn from each other and how that can benefit, you know, long term. So I I do miss all the people I didn't interview. And then I'm, I'm just saying anybody, it doesn't matter who that person is. But then you think, well, what about people with more renown or that did something big or I kind of like the, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call them the silent warriors. The ones you don't hear about who are behind the scenes making a difference. I mean, here's a story for you. I don't have permission to share the guy's name, so I won't, but I knew a man who uh, taught martial arts and uh, he went out on the streets at the wrong time of the night regularly and broke up fights and stopped people from doing bad things. And he had, I forget what the number is now. I think it was over 3000, uh, citizen arrests or arrest assists where he broke up the bad thing until the police could get there. And I think he was putting his life on the line and it was, it is not advisable. I'm not saying that's a good thing to do. And he wasn't a vigilante either. He wasn't that type. He was just someone who had a skill and he says, you know, I can help people on the streets and I'm going to. And uh, he, thousands of arrests. He died several years back, but I, I often looked at what he'd accomplished in his life. No one knew about it. It was just a secret. Hmm. It's what he did. It's how he helped. And I, I'm not a fighter. It's definitely wouldn't be my thing. But people like that that are behind the scenes who are taking on some serious challenges and helping countless people, and they're not talking about it. They're not on Instagram. No. Can you imagine as like a podcast interviewer, like, you know, very curious, we're curious people by nature, and we know how to kind of dig into a story. Can you imagine just 
not knowing this guy sitting on the couch, you know, at a friend's house or something and getting to talk to them and just, they start to reveal that and your, your mind starts going, you're like, wait a second, what now you yeah. do? What? Tell me 3000 citizens arrest or assists. I mean, th- those are my favorite kind of stories where not everything is already laid out on the internet. Like you've talked about one of the ones yeah. that comes to mind that that has been on the show is Alex Harris. He's, I think the youngest South African to climb Everest and or to lead a group. And there's a lot of his accolades that are available and are public, but so much of his story wasn't. He's just too humble. And that was one of the cool, I think when I first realized like, wow, the people that you kind of discover as you talk to are so interesting because your questions are genuine because you don't know the answer. Uh, a lot of times when people have shared a lot it's kind of already all out there so you kind of have to ask the questions in a new way or dig a little further which is one of the strategies you can use or just try to be surprised when they say an answer you already know or a question you already know the answer to so do you think uh it makes it hard to identify a story too or because everyone has a story as long as they're willing to share there's a lot to learn that can almost make it challenging though as a host you know travis and i you know, Travis, the the other co-founder of the Adventure yeah. Sports Podcast, we used to talk about every now and then we'd get an interview with somebody and we'd ask them a question. And they'd say, yep. <laughs> nope. He said, well, expound on that a little bit. What'd you do? I climbed Everest. <laughs> and boy, it could be tough because some people aren't very verbose. No, but their, you know their, what their I mean? resume is amazing. So they have no <laughs> way of sharing it. thick. <laughs> but you can't get them to talk about it. You can't it. get them. That's, that's the worst case scenario. I have people that apologize for talking too much. On, right. Uh, with, I, when I ask a question, they'll like go on for 10 minutes, and they're like, I'm so sorry about talking so much. I'm like, that is way better than the alternative. Trust me. <laughs> I can always take some out. I can't add more without just carrying the weight you know, per, as the host. It's painful, man. That's the and you can sense it. That's the thing. You can sense it early on in the conversation. Oh, in the first the first sentence. <laughs> you're like, oh crap. <laughs> you know what you're up against after doing a few. Um, I need to turn the tables on you a little bit though. You realize I mean, I haven't done the the date math. You've probably run the show longer than I have now, or longer than I did. A little over five years now. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty So how has it changed you? What are the long the long term impacts on Mason Gravely's life? It was interesting. You you were in a different place in life. I was entering I was in my twenties still and entering a little more structure almost, a little more like I was entering that phase of life and exiting that, you know, vagabond esque lifestyle. And so I was like looking forward to that and I think you were stirring things up more and this show had had an effect and you went and moved deep into the heart of the mountains and quit your job and all that. You, you did a lot, uh, made a ton of changes. And uh, so it was interesting. So I, th- I feel like, you know, if some of that change might have, some change happened naturally, but this show has influenced a lot of how that change happened. And I'd say one thing that has really changed about the way I look at adventure is uh, adventure is this is just some of these are so common, like every, you know, every other guest shares this. But adventure, it really is everywhere. It really is a mindset. You hear that phrase thrown around oh, yeah. a lot with our guests, but it really is just like it's almost like putting on sunglasses. You know, you can put on yellow sunglasses and everything's yellow. You can put on, you know, rose colored glasses and everything's rose colored. You can put on adventure glasses. Everything's an adventure. Everything. Like the the way you commute, the way you put your shoes on, the way you get from point A to point B, or the way you conduct your life or cook dinner or grow grit your grit. Like anything can be turned into something, a more exciting version or a more interesting version of that thing. If you just want to look at it that way, it, it is harder to do. It is um, it does take being intentional, but I, I think I've learned that. And, and what's cool about that and frustrating at the same time is right when I fit, when I travel now to like, 
you know, Colorado or something, if I have to go there for work, I'm like, man, look at all the adventure I'm flying over right now. Like I, every place is jam packed with something interesting that I have no idea even exists, but you got to get out there on foot or on a bike or, or, or in a, in a medium that gives you the chance to explore it. And so what that's done, that's really honed in my like proximity for adventure. I'm slam packed full of things to do within 10 miles of my house now. You know what I mean? Sure. That's kind of like the the mindset and the change of perspective that it that it's given you, which is really cool because you don't have to go to Everest, you don't have to go to, you know, Alaska to have an amazing adventure, but also you're like, "Oh my gosh, this there's not an end to it." I'll just be doing this. I could be, you know, turning over every rock underneath my yard till kingdom come. But it's exciting. Like that, that it's it's amazing. So I th- I'd say that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I've learned, and one that's I've learned fairly recently. Adventure awareness, it's right there. You know, my son, one of my sons, is in Los Angeles, Azusa, actually going to university. Yeah. And you know what it's like in college? So busy. Everything's academic and scholastic, and you're you're overwhelmed most of the time with too much to do. And he's in the middle of one of the United States biggest cities, you know. Yeah. And he's always sending me cell phone shots. The other day it was a black widow. He's named her and she lives in a certain behind a, a certain concrete block on his way to a class. And he knows this black widow. He goes, Yeah, it's a black widow. I'm watching her. She's been here for, for months now. She's doing really well. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Or he'll send me pictures. There's a turtle pond on campus and he'll always try to catch the turtles when they crawl all over each other. You know, and then he'll send me a, a picture of three turtles on top of each other and say, it's just turtles all the way down, you know. And anyway, he's finding these interesting and adventurous things in the middle of Los Angeles on a college campus. And it might seem small, but it's what adds the spice to life, I think, if that makes any sense. College also. What a time where you're, I don't know, I go back to my, I spent five years in college just because I liked it so much. I took an extra year. No, it's because I failed some classes and had to retake <laughs> them. And, uh, and honestly, adventure, I failed some classes. After my first big bike trip, I came back to school like two weeks later and I was so like shell-shocked that I couldn't focus yeah. on school and, you know, had to, you know, Retake I remember classes. that story, Mason. Yeah, and it, it, well, that you know, I spent five years in this town, and coming back now, if I ever do go, it's only like an hour from here now. But when I go back, I'm like, how is all this stuff here that I never knew about? Things that I would have been interested in then, if someone would have showed me conservation areas and places to hike, places to go adventure, and, or just to have a cool experience. I'm like, how did I not know these things? And it does take time to get that perspective, but it sounds like your son is already already got a little head start, and that's probably because you, you know, being able. Well, to he's better it. at it than I am. I call him our activities coordinator. When he comes home from college, I know I better be ready because <laughs> we're going to be going. That's just it. We're going to go out the door. That you never awesome. know what it's going to be, but we're going to go. Well, here's a question for you. Alrighty. Speaking of adventures closer to home, what kind of adventures have you had? Let's say over the last year or so. What have you done? Where have you been? Oh, man. All right. So I'll I'll share a little story. And this is all influenced by the show and by the people we've had on the show. And I've shared this story before, uh, but I don't know if I've told you about it. We had a guy on a few years ago, Fraser, Fraser Bunton, and he had an article on the Adventure Journal about how he gets 15 or so of his best friends uh, well, you know, I'm like, I don't even, have, I don't have 15 friends, you know, and I got to get three <laughs> friends together, but like he gets 12 to 15 of like his closest friends together and, uh, they go on a yearly adventure. And what's kind of unique about it is they have like almost a hundred percent retention year over year. And these wow. are not, you know, 22 year olds. These are dudes in their forties and fifties and 30s, 40s, 50s, like people who are pretty like in the thick of the responsibility of life and are also spread out geographically, like big time. I'm like, how do you do that for four to five, six days? Like, how how do you do that? Time off. And 
he has this structure of just basically a complete dictatorship of how this process is run and how to make it happen. He's like, you can't say, hey, when does it work for everybody? Because nothing will work for everybody. 15 very busy people with professional lives. And I'm pretty sure he's like court, you know, C-suite level of a pretty major organization. So it's like schedules are packed for, for decades weddings and anniversaries and college graduations and everything else is happening all the time. He's like six months to the day. I send out six months before the adventure starts. I send an email saying, this is the date. This is the price. You have 24 hours or 48 hours to agree to, to accept or deny. And if you accept, you have to put a deposit down of like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. They keep the trip fairly like as affordable as possible too to make it make yeah. it more doable for their friends. If you don't accept in that 48 hours, you're on the back of the wait list. And if you're on the back of the wait list, you might it might take four or five years before you can go on the trip again. So people have moved <laughs> very important things in their life around to be able to continue going on these trips. And he calls it the big trip. They've been doing it almost 20 years. And they've done everything from taking, you know, motorcycles through the through the Rockies, through your area, uh, all the way to sailing in the Bahamas and the Caribbean, island to island, to, to you know, paddle boarding down rapids on the Klamath River for like six days. Like they've done some pretty crazy and cool adventures, uh, stuff all across the deserts of the Southwest. Like it, it's, it's been a huge variety through hiking, of course, or, or backpacking, you know, for four or five days. And we took that formula, and I'm like, all right, that's really cool. I've got some friends all moving back to Florida uh, in the next few months. We don't know if we'll be together like this ever again. You know, someone else might get a job somewhere. We There was this core group of friends getting together, and we committed. I'm like, let's do that plan, but change some of the variables. And what we decided was every eight weeks, we get together to do something in Florida that's in the wildest places in Florida, which gets pretty wild. I'm not going to lie. After being in the backcountry of Colorado and the Rocky or, or and uh, the Sierra and all that, man, backcountry Florida is intimidating <laughs> because of the creatures, the swamp, the people. It's it's wild, and yeah, man, we uh, for the last dang man, probably two and a half years, we've committed every eight weeks going on a trip from Friday night to Sunday evening. You don't have to miss work. You miss two days with the family. Um, in that formula, and, and, you know, you, you get there Friday night, you camp, you wake up Saturday and do a whole day of adventure, camp again, wake up Sunday, finish and go home. That formula has worked marvelously well. And we've, we've taken trips you know, 30 miles on a river. There are a lot of times they're paddle trips. That's what kind of what has been our niche because there's 10,000 miles of paddleable river and river trails in Florida. It's an endless amount and they're amazing. Spring fed, ancient rivers. Like it's just beautiful, just incredible. Um, but we've done, gosh, a, over a dozen of those now. Uh, and they're amazing, man. We've had up to 35 people on them. And we don't charge anything. It's they're free. We do. We might split food, which is like five bucks a person, you know. So it's pretty affordable. We have tons of extra gear, and I'd say it's been the most rewarding adventures I've done out of everything, just because the purpose has turned into breaking down barriers for people who are just getting into this, who might not know how to get started. But once you show them the ropes on two day trips. They're like, oh, I can do this. And they're off to the races. Like we've seen people go on our trips who've never done anything like this. Next thing you know, they got two kayaks. They're taking their family out every weekend. They're falling Mm. more and more in love with nature. You're helping show them that perspective, show them that mindset, and show them uh, the adventure and the the layers of experience that are hidden, hidden in plain sight for most of us. And once you see that, you can't unsee it. And you just start seeing it everywhere. That's been what I've been doing lately. Wow. That's not small. That's a lot of stuff. It's been And with a lot of people. You know, you made me think of something when you were telling that story. There's a, I'm not going to name it, but there's a restaurant in Crested Butte. And on the wall, they have a sign, which I totally disagree with. The sign says, there are no friends on a powder day. 
what what is that what do you take that as well there are people who who think the adventure is what it's about there are people that think it's the people you're adventuring with that that's what it's all about and there's there's a spectrum in between those two you know and for some people getting to the summit of the mountain is what it's about for other people it's it's enjoying the trail on the way up or the conversations with your buddies that you're climbing with and I'm not saying that one's wrong and one's right necessarily, but like for my daughter, she likes to ski and she's an excellent, you know, double black diamond skier, but she won't go unless she's going with people she wants to be with. She goes to be with the people, not for the mountain, for the people, Mm. you know, but I know other people that'll go up on the mountain all alone on a powder day because there are no friends on a powder day. You know, see what I'm saying? <clears throat> but it sounds to me like you're you're about the people, Mason. The yes, these are about the people, and I will say early on, and, and even now, like you do need those times where you're just alone with your thoughts, away from screens, away from people, to just just be surrounded by nature. And I know you need that as well, and we get that. But I'd say, as of late, the desire to have other people see this too, see this thing that you feel like you've discovered. Uh, that that's been the driving force. It might not always be, you know what I mean. It might not always be. We might have, you know, a a, a, a huge fight breakout one night around the campfire, and it ruined my <laughs> taste for this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? No, nothing. That's the thing too. You get a lot of mixed opinions out there. People, none of these people ever met each other, so we're we're running a big risk. And man, it's just. The atmosphere, the energy, and the, everyone's just so appreciative. That's the overwhelming feeling in the air is just appreciate gratitude for just being there. And, yeah, I'd say that's been really addicting lately. But that isn't to say at some point I might need a month-long bikepacking on the, you know, Great Divide mountain <laughs> bike trail again all by myself. But right now, I don't think so. How, how about you? What, what, what's been your adventures since – the show. I know you've gotten into these long distance uh, motorcycle rides and and whatnot. What 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 have you been doing? Well, it's funny because I uh, I injured my foot actually three times in a row, and the third time it it shut me down. Jeez. And that was this spring and, and early summer. So I thought, well, I've lost another summer of adventures. You know, I was kind of bummed because I was sitting around with my foot propped up. But the reality was I started thinking about back about what I did and I had countless small adventures and probably a dozen big ones. <laughs> and I was like, man, it didn't slow me down much at all. You just do something else, you know? That is awesome. So the, the first way I hurt my foot was we were um, alpine touring on South Baldy Peak or South Baldy Peak in the West Elks Wilderness. And this was... I believe at the beginning of June, there was a lot of late snow this year, but we, we, uh, skinned up a, I don't know, it's about 12, two or something like that. Thousand foot peak and skied back down. The problem was that the snow was at a really bad angle and my ski boots don't fit right. And it, it trashed my foot. Hmm. Um, but there was a lot of Alpine touring backcountry skiing this year until then. Uh, then we went backpacking and into one of the most glorious places and had a great backpacking trip. And uh, on the way out, I was feeling that ski injury. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, you know, what's going on here? But beautiful backpacking trip. And then the last thing was just me being stupid, Mason. But some buddies from Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas came up to visit. And we decided to go camping. And we're sitting around the fire and, you know, we're looking up at a cliff face with some trees below it, big bluff. And they're saying, man, there's no way a person can get up there. And I said, oh, yeah, it'd take 45 minutes. They said, there's no way you could do that in 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, And it turned into this smack talk. And so when they weren't looking, I just took off. It was nighttime. It was dark. And by the time I got up to the cliff face and turned my flashlight on so they could see that it was possible, my foot was gone. <laughs> so, so it was just, it anyway, was just walking on. It wasn't. You didn't re-injure it like falling or anything, right? Well, I did fall a few times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was pretty wild. But the point is that that was 
just kind of like I needed. Did you tell him when you I came back down? Adventure. Were you limping or were you like, oh, yeah, I did it? No, I, I was done for eight weeks when I got back down. <sighs> um, But the point of all of that is that it was more of an adventurous attitude, I think. And at that moment in time, sitting around the campfire, I knew that I really needed to go climb this bluff. I had to. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, adventure calls to us, and it, it feeds us, and it fed me. And I got back down, and I felt stupid because I hurt my foot and wasn't wearing the right shoes and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I ended up paying the price for it. But at the same time, I made a memory I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. I had, a, I had an amazing experience in the woods that night. And I'm not saying people should be stupid like I was, but I am saying when, they, when, when adventure calls... You know, don't just ignore it because, I mean, if you sit at home and watch TV or go to the office and do what you do every day and you never say yes to adventure, then when you think back about what you did even the last six months ago, you won't remember a thing. It'll just be a blur, you know? All I did is I watched TV and I and I worked. But if you punctuate your life with some adventures, then you'll have memories. You look back and go... Oh man, yeah, that night that I climbed that bluff in the in the dark, that was dumb, but I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. That was amazing, you know. Yeah, punctuate, that's a great word. I often say like make it, you know, put an anomaly in your schedule. Yeah. I I tried to I you know, I maybe foolishly set a goal that was kind of high this year, which was to camp every week of the year. Like on average, you know, sometimes I'd camp 3 nights in a row. But like on average, you know, get out 52 nights this week. And I have not hit that goal probably around 30 nights between all the trips and camping in the yard and and little camping trips here and there and uh, just doing something a little different. Like I've, I've hammocked in the backyard a couple times. And I will say, even though I haven't hit the goal, I got a heck of a lot. I've so far gotten a heck of a lot closer than I would have otherwise but I remember every single night that I slept somewhere different or done something oh, yeah. out of the ordinary. So even though I remember the night I hammocked because the wind was blowing, a raccoon came out of the tree, like my dog was going <laughs> crazy. I remember the night I camped at the state park with my son a couple months ago. I remember the night camping here. It's like it, it punctuates it. That's the word I think I've been looking for. That's what it does. And it, and it creates these timestamps of, then you can remember other things around it. But doing something out of your routine allows you to, yeah, harness those memories later on that are that are surrounding that. It really does kind of puts a pin in it for later. It, it's amazing how that works. And that's one of the biggest, I think, uh, reasons that Alistair Humphreys, who I just yeah. recently re-interviewed, I'm going to release for the thousandth episode. This is going to be an additional conversation. Right on. And, uh he, he he shared a lot about my, you know the concept of micro adventures. You will remember the night you just slept on your back porch, just because, just because you wanted yeah. to do something. You will never forget that. And just like that night you did that. That's I, I love that. I love that word. Punctuate. That's what adventure really does for our life. Here's another one for you. My oldest son Caleb announced this spring. He said, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to ski at least once a month for 12 months in a row for the whole year." And every now and then you hear someone in Colorado trying to do this. It's not easy because Colorado melts and dries out and you end up having to climb really high. And, you know, you might be skiing what's left of a little cornice on a 14er or something, you know, to pull it off. But we were kind of laughing about it. I think it was, I think it was July. He went up on a high pass and had to hike over a vast scree field and climb up to, I don't know, 12, 13,000 feet to find a tiny little patch of snow. And he got home and I said, well, was it worth it for the skiing? He goes, oh, no way. But it was worth it for getting out there. Just having something to drag your butt out the door, you know. And day before yesterday, uh, we, we skinned up to the top of Monarch Mountain on Monarch Pass and uh, not the ski area in the backcountry. And uh, we came down that, and that was the first real snow for this season, I'll say, that he got to do. But he made it. He made his 12 months. 
But every month it was, it was, where can I find snow? And I'm going to have to get out the door. And, and he was just talking about having that little goal, like you said, 52 overnight camping trips in a year or something, right? Whatever the goal is, it makes a huge difference to make your life better. Huge difference. Huge difference. I love difference. that goal. I, I think, like you said, sometimes that's the only thing that gets us to get out the door in the first place. And I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll hem and haw about, should I go on this little hike? Is it really going to be worth it? Should I go out? And I never regret deciding yes, because right. there are, you think, just like looking at a map, you know, I know a lot of adventures, they spend a lot of their planning looking at a map. I, I always love that process because I create a mental picture of what I think it's going to be. And then you get there and it's so different. Like you can right. look at the topography, you can you can kind of imagine, you can look at pictures even, but actually seeing it in real life is so different than what your mind has built up. Same thing's true when you decide to go out. You, you think you know what you're going to experience on that little hike in your backyard or that thing that you, is this really even worth my time? But so much unexpected, so much of the unexpected happens. You see an animal you didn't foresee. You see a shooting star. You see something that you just never would have planned for. You met somebody. And that's like the, 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 the surprise element always keeps me going to do maybe the thing that I just did last week. You know what I mean? There's always something new, always. That's uh that's the exciting thought. So I'm sure Caleb, the stories he would share now based on the experience would not be what he thought the stories would be when he started the, the adventure. Oh yeah. But it's a matter of, of getting out there. I noticed Mason that when I was interviewing hundreds of people and now you've interviewed even hundreds more, there are some people that are all about the list checking the boxes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not really that person, but I appreciate what that does for them. It, it, it gives them the motivation to go places they wouldn't go otherwise. And, you know, I've been climbing 14ers for many, many, many years, and I'm not trying to finish them all, although I'm about to <laughs> by accident. But what I've always loved about that is it's, it's a matter of, well, you have to get to a trailhead somehow, somewhere. And just getting to the trailhead is what it's really about. It's about getting out there and seeing something new. Once you get to the trailhead, maybe you camp at the trailhead, which I love to do. Have camping experiences. And then you climb a mountain. And of course, the mountain is amazing too. But I don't care if it's a 14er or a 13 or whatever. Some people want to climb all the 14ers and check in the boxes. I just want to climb. But all of that said, there are different, different types of people go out there for different reasons. And uh, I mean, the people that try to set new records, endurance records for climbing all the 14ers the fastest. I mean, you've interviewed them. I've, I've interviewed them. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I, I applaud them. And I'll never do that. That's not me. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the beauty of it. You can do adventure however you want to. You get to define your own rules. But even if it seems silly, maybe. You think, is that too silly? Maybe it's not. If you're interested in it, go out and do it. I, I can't stand it when someone who said, you know, I, we decide to do an interview and they say it happens a lot, actually. It's like, hey, I have not done anything as big as a lot of the guests. <laughs> I'm like, I want to say stop right there. Like I tell them stop right there. I want to say shut up. Yeah. Because... <laughs> it is not about that. Like it, it's it's not that's not what interests us. That's not what's most important. This experience that you did sounds so interesting and yeah. obviously impactful to you. Tell me about it. Tell me why. That it has nothing to do with was it the tallest mountain in that state or the longest adventure possible? Are those things great? Yeah, but the most impactful stories are not the biggest stories. What, my favorite interview you ever did uh, was still my favorite episode of It's when I Sports. interviewed you, right? <laughs> yeah, Mason Gravely. That was the best, <laughs> the best episode out there. That was um, a good one. It was a good one. It was a good. That was back when I had a lot of uh, a lot of lot of uh, optimism. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had some energy. I was excited. My favorite interview you've ever done, and it's the coolest story. I think it's so funny, so unique, and so just one of a kind. It is uh, Robert Sheeran when he rode a scooter from CU Boulder to Alaska. Uh, he had had a lot of issues with drinking on campus and got in trouble mm. and like got decided to get sober in like to prove to himself he could do hard things, he got a, a 49cc scooter and <laughs> rode it from Colorado to Alaska. And I'm and just like, who does that? One, it's not a set course or anything. He just something he decided to do. And that story was so, I don't know if relatable is the right word, but it was so down to earth that yeah. I'm like, that's my favorite episode. I've listened to it a ton of times, and I just love the guy's perspective. And is that the biggest, most incredible thing we ever had? No, it wasn't even human powered. Technically, I mean, he rode the scooter. I mean, it, it's. Ex- <laughs> I'm sure it's exhausting in its own way, but but you know, it doesn't have to be the FKT of the the PCT or the Colorado Trail or whatever to to be an amazing story. In fact, right. a lot of times, like you mentioned earlier, those stories, the people that do those aren't always able to tell the story it, they, they don't make it interesting they don't make it that fascinating they don't even frankly appreciate it a lot of times it's it, you know what i mean you never know so it does take the right mix of it's really how the story is told yeah how no it doubt about you. it no doubt about it you know i think about all the different things oh here's one for you yeah sometimes i think about lists just to think you know if, if people wanted to have a list of something unique to do you redid or replayed the episode about the watchtowers Fire watch Recently, towers yeah, in last week. Yeah. There's one for you. Go visit all the watchtowers in your local area. You know, that was one. Or people always do the 54 14ers or 58, depending on how you want to count them, because they're the tallest in Colorado. But you know, there's a list of most prominent peaks in Colorado. Completely different list with more vertical feet often than a 14er, but you might peak out at 12 grand. You know, so. And if you're climbing the most prominent peaks and you're getting the biggest views around, you know, there's so many ways to slice it and dice it and have fun. Maybe it's to to catch a certain type of fish. You know, there's a native fish that lives only in this one place and it's a secret and you can't really uh, get anyone to tell you where it is because everyone's, you know, trying to trying to hide the fact that this fish still exists. But I'm going to go see if I can find this one unique fish. My son does a little of that. I don't know. I Maybe I'm running out of ideas already. But, I mean, <laughs> here's one for you. I got the motorcycle, right? Yeah. So I got a big map of Gunnison County, and I just started highlighting the routes that I'd ridden. And now I see a route that I've not ridden, and I'm like, oh, i got to do that. Yeah. Get it's not that there. I'm trying to ride every road. It's just that it shows me where to go and, and what to do and gives me, gets me out the door. So I, uh, one, one thing that we've actually never, I don't think talked about on the show ever, but it's, it's one of my new hobbies, but it does get me on new adventures. And it's, I think it's probably one of the more like a daily a thing I can do in a day or an afternoon or something. And it's, uh, fossil digging, fossil hunting. I've really oh, yeah. gotten into fossils. And because the places you find them are where you have adventures oftentimes. But it brings this layer, literally and figuratively, of appreciation for a place, of understanding, of excitement for where you are. Like, not only are you seeing, you know, spring-fed rivers with dolphins and manatees and gators and just amazing, beautiful things... And discovering a lot of this stuff, but you also have the chance to find, you know, an ancient relic or even uh, a human relic. Uh, it's it's amazing. It, it's just really added an exciting layer to a lot of the adventures that I do. And sometimes the adventure is all about that. It'll take me I'm like I'm going specifically to looking for something. And um, yeah, it's not like I'm trying to find some one of every major fossil that's found here is just like it's it's added that treasure hunt element which is a totally different feeling than like going and completing a list it's it's cool it's been really cool yeah yeah for sure you know one of my uh, bucket list items is to find dinosaur bones and i've not tried very hard 
But that one's going to get me out the door and get me to some places that I haven't been, I guarantee you. And I have found um, some bones once that I think were out of place. It was like someone had moved a bunch of of large boulders somewhere, and I found the boulders. But anyway, there's another one for you. I'm like, could I find a dinosaur skeleton? And how many places could you go to look? How many experiences would you have? Someday maybe you'll find it, maybe you won't. But getting out the door is what it's about. Absolutely. Find, Find what gets you out the door and go do that thing. That is awesome. Well, let me ask you this, because we're probably getting close to time. Is uh, you know, I know this show had a big impact on you. Sure. Getting deeper into the mountains where you live now. Same with Travis. Um, wh- what is an adventure that you feel like you would like to? I know you talked about finding finding a dinosaur bone. That's one bucket list thing. What what's something that you still would like to do, or? kind of hangs over you like that at some point that that I want that to be a part of my adventure story. You know, I like the question because it challenges me. Um I don't want to climb Everest. Although it used to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I would like to climb Popocatépetl, maybe climb Kilimanjaro. I'd like to do that. That those would be big bucket list items for me. Um this may sound silly, but I would go to the moon. One of these days, Elon Musk is going to call me up and say, hey, Kurt, you want to go to the moon? And I, I won't be able to say no. <laughs> how could you? Yeah, how could you? <laughs> well, I don't know, Mason. I, I think, you know, you already said that your favorite interview is always the last one. And I always think my favorite adventure is the next one. You know, um, there are so many things. So many things that I'd love to do. And I I look at a map of wilderness areas and just saying, I've never been to that one. You know, that's that's the next big adventure. Um I just want to make sure, and this is the bottom line for me, the adventure doesn't have to be big. It can be very small, but I want to make sure that I continue to go and to do. That I don't quit having those life experiences because they're meaningful and that I make sure that when I'm having them, I'm having them with other people because that really matters. You know, sharing these sorts of things with people and, and I enjoy so much watching someone else discover for the first time something they didn't know they could do or something they've never seen before or a new fascination they didn't even know they had, you know. I'm all about getting other people out there and sharing the world that we love, you know, and I want to make sure that I just keep doing it. Like John Fielder, right to the end, he just kept doing it. Mm. That's awesome, Kurt. Dang, you got, you've got to climb a bunch of 14ers left, find a dinosaur, and uh, <laughs> you got the same to-do list as my, my toddler. <laughs> I want to climb that mountain. I want to find a dinosaur. I want to go to the moon. <laughs> that's that's like that's like childhood level uh, enthusiasm and wonder right there, though. Too. That's pretty cool. That that's what adventure does. It's it's gets you back in that mindset of what what can I do? Imagination overload. So yeah, it keeps us young. Yeah, absolutely. It keeps you young while you are young, and then when you get older, it keeps you young anyway. If I ever quote you on that, I'll I'll be sure to uh, credit you, <laughs> credit you. Yeah, man, that's exciting. Well, what would you uh, what would you like to see in the next thousand episodes? I would like to see more people getting on board, doing more things, and sharing more of what they've done. I'd like to see more people showing up for your your little weekend getaway paddle parties, whatever you want to call them. How'd you know the name of them? That's what we call them. <laughs> We've been dubbed the Swamp Drifters. The Swamp Drifters. There you go. I would just like to see people that get out there and embrace adventure however they like to to enjoy it and to help others to do the same. Connect with nature. It helps you to learn about the environment and realize what a beautiful resource it is that we have. And And I think people make better decisions when they love nature and, and understand how it works. Mm. 
getting, yeah, I just want to see more people getting involved. And I want the stories to keep on rolling in. You know, even if, if it's the 100th long distance bike journey that, you know, you're talking about, it's from one unique perspective with one unique set of experiences. You know what I mean? Yep. So just keep them coming, Mason. It's and, awesome. And one impacted person. You know, it, it's, you, you, you could hear the Appalachian Trail get hiked, you know, a thousand times, hear those stories, but it is so impactful for each individual that does it. It is so moving. It is a new experience for everyone that does it for the first time. It's, you know, we're all, we're all discovering in our own way and it's yeah. all exciting. And, you know, I, I look back now when someone goes through their first big adventure and talk about the perspective and, you know, it's like they're sharing all this stuff. Like I've never heard it before or experienced it firsthand, but they that is a new discovery to them and it's so exciting and it's so moving and it's so uh, fills them with wonder and, and 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 optimism and you know joy for what might be next and that's exciting to hear it and, and, and relearn it because you can forget yeah che- cheers thousand episodes kurt congratulations mason job well done man and you've uh, carried the lion's share of that load and I can't, couldn't be happier about that. So, Sweet. good job. You want to close us out? <laughs> Whatever you decide to do, make sure that you do. Get out there and have some fun.